Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Jack Miller. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rowan Sports Review. It's your host, Jack Miller, back with you today. Locke has returned once again to the Rowan Sports Review as our guest. And unfortunately, one of our usual guests, Aiden Doherty, is not feeling too well, so he's not here today. But hopefully you're feeling okay today, Locke. How are you feeling? Pretty good. I mean, we talked some basketball here, men and women's Rowan's. It's getting to the end of the season here, and it's going to pick up and soon. I mean, a big matchup uh Today here is going to be really pivotal for the rest of the season. Yeah, and with uh, with basketball almost around the corner with the NJAC tournament, we might be talking about baseball and softball in the Rowan Sports Review uh, in the next uh, few episodes. Maybe in our next show we'll mention baseball and softball and what their season has ahead of them. But uh, this might be our last episode with just solely basketball as our main topic, Locke. So things yeah. might get interesting once we get into the middle of February. I mean, it's crazy to think there's going to be a February home game for Rowan. Both <laughs> baseball and softball, I believe back-to-back days. Yep. And I believe the 23rd, 24th. Yep. Which... Uh, it's gonna be bu- time to bundle up out there. I mean, to get yeah. into that. Yeah. I mean, it's not uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, just a couple days ago, and it, Groundhog, it, hey, did not see the shadow. So yes, yeah, we got we're in, a good, we're in a good spot here. Exactly, spring so will be coming early. Early spring is. So uh, baseball, they have uh, they have Karen uh, on Friday, uh, February twenty third at three o'clock, and then softball has a doubleheader against against SNUY. Oneonta at one and three. So as you said, bundle up, but might not. We might not, not have either. to with uh, with right. the groundhog not seeing his shadow the other day. So hopefully we get some warm weather, so we're not too cold out there. But uh, we got basketball to talk about. So lock the men's team. They are doing everything they can. And Jazir Noel, he didn't have a great night. Two points and four rebounds against Rutgers Camden on the last day of January, back on Wednesday, but. They were still finding a way to win 79-70. to They did blow a 20-point lead. Uh, Rutgers-Camden came back and tied it in the second half. And I, I think the main reason here, Locke, is because Jazir Noel only had two points and four rebounds pretty much throughout the entire game. He got, most, he got all these stats in the first half. And when they found a way to just get him in foul trouble early, that forced Eric Brennan to put him on the bench so he didn't foul out and didn't have him for the rest of the game. So did Rutgers Camden really find something that other teams haven't yet? And maybe some of these teams in towards the end of the regular season might take a, a play out of Rutgers Camden's playbook. I'm going to say no. I think I think Camden has kind of got their offense going. I mean, Eric Benjamin really couldn't dribble at all in that first half, and Mears was taking a back pick. He was getting really the freest of steals, and then, I don't know if you noticed, Mears did not have a steal in that second half, and he only put up six points in the second half. He had 23 at the half. You're thinking, oh, he's going to go for over 30. He has 29. Ross obviously finds a shooting stroke later in the second half, but when the profs do go cold, when one guy goes cold, a lot of the guys go cold. And that, that's kind of just here. Noel only took five shots. Not like he was out there taking 10 or 11 or 12 and he was just not making one. They knew, okay, he's not making them tonight. It's not his night. He only played 24 minutes as well. So you saw Chris McCarron get uh, 24 minutes as well. Uh, we talk about Fleming, who's coming, came in in uh, second game. 
uh, didn't even take a shot himself. I mean, this team all around, you, you could have a game with Mears and Ross combining um, for 52 points, and you're still wondering why Noel only had two. I mean, it's still crazy to think three of the top four scorers in the NJAC, uh, statistically, by points per game, uh, one of them didn't even have even 10. I mean, it's only the second time this season he has not had 10 points or more, uh, Jazir Noel, and obviously he just had the 1,000-point threshold. And yeah. Maybe it's just kind of – he he had a, a streak where he was going – 60% from the field. Only every shot looked like it was going to fall. I mean, TC and J uh, against Rampo. Even prior to that, I mean, it was William Patterson. He had a 35-point master class for the 1,000 points. I mean, sometimes you just go – you have a bad night out there, and that's all it was for him. I mean, he he lost his double-double streak as well. I mean, he did, yeah. it, it, it just wasn't a good night uh, for the Juno on the road in Camden. But thankfully, again – uh, this team around him is really strong. And that's why I don't think Rutgers Camden, the team obviously near the bottom in the uh, the NJAC, they, again, they just got a, a little bit of a run. The defensive side of the ball for Rowan is definitely a questionable uh, thing to look at, but I, I think this team still has good promise. Yeah, and with the men's team, we're going to talk about the defense a little bit later in this episode of the Rowan Sports Review. Um, but we'll, let's let's keep in touch with Khalif Mears, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, he had 20 first-half points uh, out of the 39 that they scored in the first half against Rutgers-Camden. Also six steals in the entire game, all of them coming within the first half. So it, it, you're, you're saying it right, Locke. Like he, they're just a very streaky team, and when one guy goes cold... Uh, the other guy just the, every not the other guy the the rest of the team just kind of goes cold you know but one guy that really started to pick it up towards the end of the towards the end of the game was Marcellus Ross he he really picked it up towards the end he was cold in the first half honestly he made his first three in the first half and then after that missed five straight and then was able to make three threes on the night with 23 points so Marcellus Ross. That's the beauty with the three-headed monster with Khalif Mears, Ross, and Noel. When one guy goes down, maybe even two guys go down, one of the other guys can pretty much pick that team back up. But it's just a matter of when that happens because for Marcellus Ross, it really happened towards the back end of the second half. Yeah, I mean, usually Ross either goes out there, he's going to make the first five shots, or he's going to miss the first five. That's usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. If he did it against Rampo in Rampo's building where he started off a hot eight for eight, Seemed like he couldn't miss anything, and then after that, the second half, he slowed down. And now you're seeing now, really we're seeing a lot of games as of late. He's getting couple, like two, three, or four threes to go. But he's taking nine or ten of them. And you, you again, three for nine is not a bad clip. But Khalif Mears, who's not really a three point shooter, he took three and he made all three. So that's a big game for him. But yeah, Marcellus Ross, obviously he's been here the longest out of the big three. Just you know, his second year, Mears his first, Ross is his third year with the Profs. And again, he's just been that sharpshooter for this team. He's only uh, 20, I believe, 28 threes away from the all-time Rowan record. So that's, I, I think he's probably in the back of his mind. He's probably just like, all right, I'm just going to keep chucking and keep chucking. But I, I think, again, when he finds his rhythm, he got 23 points. He's also a really good shooter at the line. I mean, you kind of going to do what you're going to do. I mean, he only took two in that game, but there was a game earlier in the year. He was uh, against Wayne Patterson. Didn't have a great game from the field. But he shot 10 for 10 from the line. So that's, you just need to get your points any way you can, and that's what this Rowan team does. They they might uh, score 92 points per game, but they also do give up a lot. So that's why you need the three-headed monster, where last year it seemed like when you had Seeger and you had Dickerson kind of leading the way mm-hmm. but with Noel, 
they didn't need to put up 90 points to win the game. They could walk away with 75 points. They walked away with 79 in this one, but that's because Rutgers Camden had, I believe, 37 at the half. You're thinking, okay, we're not worried at all. Yeah, and with Rutgers Camden, they only scored 21 in the first half. 21 so, in the first half, yeah. Yeah, so the defense was was there. It, it was fully there. Through they they went on a 13 to 0 run yeah. in the in the first and to start the game. Uh, so the the defense was there in the first half. It's just once once that second half clicked, that Rutgers Camden team just really turned it around and really got back into it. But that's what that is the beauty of that Rutgers Camden team, and they're a middle of the pack team. But it really shows how uh, much aggression they have. Um, no matter what the score is. And they, they made it a really good competition on the road for the profs. But how do you bounce back? I know it's a nine-point win for the profs, but it didn't seem like that because that place was rocking at Rutgers-Camden. Towards the end, obviously, once they realized that, oh, they're up by 11. Um, I, I know they won by nine, but once they were up by 11 and then uh, Rutgers-Camden made one more shot, then they were like, okay, well, this game's over with. But they were pretty loud once that game got tied and they were storming back so it doesn't feel like a complete win since you were up by 20 at one point and then all of a sudden the uh, scarlet raptors they brought it with they, they brought it within zeros so how do you bounce back from this to make sure that you're not this streaky team kind of both on offense and defense because the defense showed up that's what i said on the broadcast as a color commentator with aiden ray uh, on the call was the defense has to show up it showed up in the first half but it trickled away once we got to the second. I think the biggest key for Rowan men's team to kind of get back on the right pace that you want, I mean, they play really well uh, offensively at home. I think every team does that. Rutgers Camden, again, at, at their home building, they put up way more many points. I believe last time against uh, Rowan, they only put up 57. This time they put up 70, and that was obviously that big second half. So you kind of look at it, and you're thinking, okay, going down the line, who who's not – do what they need to do, but again, it's a lot of times they just get those those tacky fouls. Chris McCarron comes in, makes clutch shot or clutch shot, but he'll get those silly reach-ins, and you look up at the board, he's got four fouls. You're like, how do you get four fouls? Yeah. And uh, I believe Fleming had two fouls early in that game, but I think he ended up with two. But overall, I mean, it's just for for these Kane game, obviously an NJCU both in your building, you have to walk away with two L. You can't you can't slip up here at all. You can't land JCU. Uh, because NJCU, when you played them in their building, they went to overtime. And Khalif Mears fouled out. So same thing. You just can't keep reaching. That's why a lot of times Khalif Mears, he'll, he'll get those two, three, four steals. And you're like, okay, he's going to keep it going, keep it going. And they kind of just to change the pivot of where they're dribbling the ball at the top of the key or where the left wing or whatever it is. And then now it's more of, all right, can we get Mears to get foul trouble? And that's what these teams have kind of tried to been doing. And that's why against Kane and against NJCU, those two games are pivotal because then you go on the road back-to-back. And Montclair State, that final game on Valentine's Day, is really going to be the decider right now. One one seed right now is Rowan. Two seed is Montclair State. They are on fire. They won the last six in a row. Yeah. And they're most likely probably going to win. I mean, they do have a tough schedule. The last four games, they have a tough run. So if they can split theirs, it's literally going to come down to Valentine's Day if both teams went out prior to that game. Yeah, for the one seed, too, which is, yeah. which is honestly huge for both teams. And you have to go on the road. It's not You don't have to play them in your building. You play them yeah. up in Montclair State. So, again, as you said, if they went out, that game is huge. But they have Kane 
uh, today at 3 o'clock. Then they have NJCU on Wednesday, February 7th. Then on the 10th, they play Rutgers Newark on the road, and then they finish out on the road on Wednesday, Valentine's Day against Montclair State, all who are pretty like pretty solid teams. So this is going to be a rough uh, schedule for the, for the profs. And looking at Kane, they're 7-7 seven and seven in the conference, 10-11 and 11 overall. They could get eliminated um, by uh, by tomorrow, so um, or by today, excuse me. So, with Kane, the, they they might be out. Rutgers Newark, they're in the middle of the pack, around the same record as Rutgers Newark, and then NJCU's towards the bottom. But Montclair State, that's that's the game that you really want to be looking at once. Like that that that'll be a game for the one seed more more likely than not. But Montclair State, they also have a pretty tough schedule, Justin. They they yeah. got to play Stockton uh, today. Then they also play Ramapo. They play Kane as well, and then they finish off with Rowan. So Stockton today, that's not going to be an easy game for them because we, we saw it in person what the Ospreys and specifically Tavon Gaither has been able to put on for them. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. I mean, Stockton is a, uh, is a team where they were the number one seed for a while. Now they're at four. They lost actually to Rutgers New York on a buzzer beater the other night. It was a layup, and you mm-hmm. got to think, okay, now we're, you've lost three of your last four. What's going on there in uh, Galloway? Because now again, the team that's been to the uh, the conference championship last two seasons, obviously they won twenty twenty two, lost twenty twenty three. If they're on the road, let's say they're the four seed or they're the three seed, it's not like the last two years where you're at home, you have the the buy the buy uh, first quarterfinal game, you're you're not doing anything. You're gonna have to play that game, and it might it might be on the road for them, which. Again, Stockton on the road. They they lost in Newark the other night. So I think again, it's really this tight conference right now. There again, there's eight teams fighting for these six spots. It's going to come down to these last four games. It's really going to be who who wants it. And with Stockton, they have a three headed monster. They they picked up uh, Matthew Spradley. He averaged 19 points off the bench. You have Tavon Gaither averaging 16 points per game. DJ Campbell's been a, a star for them the last five seasons. And Rowan again when they're when they're at their best, they can go toe-to-toe with Stockton. They just haven't got the better of them. And every other team, uh, besides obviously teams they haven't played twice yet, they have not gotten swept by the team yet besides Stockton. So that's what you think you got to look at. Montclair State, they've already beat, obviously. Rutgers-Newark, they've already beat. NJC. So all the four teams they have left, they've already beat. So it's not like you're looking at, okay, we got to get our revenge. Yeah. you just got you to just match the same energy. If you want it on the road, which they did against Kane, it was a close game, 85-80. You got to get out early. Jazir Knowles got to pick it up where he didn't leave it off. Obviously against Camden, got to pick up where he did William Patterson and that those games prior because it's going to get ugly if we're sitting here today and just thinking, okay, I'm looking at the scoreboard and, and Kane has the lead in in Esby Gymnasium. It, it can't happen. There's just no way. And same with NJCU on Wednesday night. If NJCU gets it going and you're looking up the board, and you're thinking, okay, now we might not be the one seed. It changes your entire momentum because last year Rowan shined at home. They 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 beat the brakes off Stockton for the, the NJAC title last year. It wasn't even close. Yeah, and they had the NCAA tournament hosted uh, at yeah. home, and they did well. So with my last point about the men's team that I want to bring up, do we think that the men's team, who is first in offense but last in defense in the NJAC conference, um, do we think that th- this will hold them back in the NJAC tournament, even if it's run through them? Or if it doesn't happen, uh, if they let's say they they both went out Montclair State and Rowan, and they lose to Montclair State, and then they have to play Montclair State in the NJAC tournament or in the NJAC finals potentially, whenever, um, even maybe in the NCAA tournament if they make it, 
do you think that defense will hold them back from getting to that spot that they really want to get to? I, if, you, if you're asking me as of today, I would say no. I think the nine point difference, obviously, and they, they score 90, they give up 80, 81. I, I'm not worried about it because I know that the team can shine when they do. And, and when, they, when they're at their best, yes, they might give up 90 points. They've been in five overtime games this year. They're four and one in those games. And the only game they lost, they shouldn't even went to overtime. That was Rampo. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, they've shined even against a team like Mary Washington uh, earlier during that uh, Thanksgiving break right after Black Friday the next day. It was a, a Booty Butler chuck for the win. I mean, you, that that kind of pivoted your whole season. You you had two tough losses, TCNJ and Stockton in your building to start the NJAC uh, teams off. And ever since, they really haven't looked back at all. Stockton's been their only NJAC loss as of, I think, the last eight or nine. So... I think with 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 the Rowan team, yes, Montclair State they're picking up their offense. Stockton their offense is kind of declining right now. TCNJ uh, they had an injury. Obviously their best player last time that Rowan played them, but he's he's back after the, the concussion. So I do think that defense they can't allow eighty one. They can't give up eighty one points and win every game. But clearly it's still worked out for them right now. They're sixteen and five. So uh, I, I think uh, Coach Eric Brennan he's doing what he needs to do and. I think again, if you if you're scoring, let's say in the playoffs you're scoring 100 and you get up 90, you still won. It's 100 to 90. The men's team have won 10 of their last 11. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the women's basketball team and their past few games, specifically against their last matchup against Rutgers Camden. You are tuned into the Rowan Sports Review, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rowan Sports Review. Jack Miller, your host for the RSR today with Justin Locke as our guest here. Aiden Doherty, once again, not feeling too well today. So we were just mentioning about, uh, we were just talking about the men's basketball team and their recent success, uh, specifically against the Rutgers Camden Scarlet Raptors uh, this past Wednesday and their upcoming schedule in the upcoming days. Now we're going to switch things over and pivot to the women's basketball team and what Kate Pearson has been able to do for the women's team. So Locke with Kate Pearson, they're now 10 and 11, seven and seven in the NJAC. Uh, and they were able to hold Razira Blocker, who before the game averaged around 19 points per game uh, in that second in the NJAC, 48th in all of D3 basketball. And they were only able to, and they held her to 12 points, which is a pretty successful night. They they gave up 13 rebounds to her, which I'm not really too upset about. She averages around uh, seven and a half, um, but she was able to get 13 that night. But holding her to 12 points, as well as Ayana Morton to 12 points, who is their best three-point shooter on the team at around 30%, they held both of them to 12 points. I know it's a smaller roster, but that's still a pretty successful night if you're the profs. Absolutely. I mean, again, when you see a top scorer of the NJAC, uh, at home, uh, not play as well as you kind of want to. I mean, obviously, Camden, they lost the game, and they, they look back. Obviously, it's been a rough season for them. They, again, smaller roster. They only played seven girls. And, yeah, blocker, three for 15. It, it just can't happen. I mean, sometimes uh, defense, swarming, you just you cause them to miss some shots. But sometimes it just the shot's not going in. It, it, and I, I think blocker, a lot of times, again, she missed four free throws as well. She went six for 10 from there. You talk about the 13 rebounds, but, again, when you lose by double digits, those 13 rebounds don't mean as, as much as they should. And it sucks to say that, but it, she played 40. She played every minute in that game, and she, she missed 12 shots of 15, and she ended up with 12. But, 
yeah, I mean, you talk about this uh, this Maryland women's team. I mean, I I like that they kind of been switching up the lineup. They've been doing it the entire season. Kate Pearson, she so do I. She likes the the two big lineup now with Carlisle and Santana. She's kind of stuck with that the last seven or eight games. But now we're seeing Arujo and we're seeing Christina Johnson not get flipped out because Christina Johnson missed a game. We we don't know the reason for that, but she completely didn't play one game, and then or it was Arujo back in the starting lineup. But now it's been ever since, and Arujo started off. Uh, I believe she had either eight or nine in the beginning, beginning part of that game. To end up with eleven, four for twelve. Uh, Hurley, leading scorer on this team, had nine in, in this game. Then Christina Johnson off the bench said, "Hey, I'm going to put up fourteen points today, three for four from downtown." So again, this this Rowan women's team. You might say, okay, who is the number one scorer on this team? Come in, you think it's Mallard. This year has been Hurley. And now we're seeing Arujo have a good game. And then we're seeing Santana have a good game. Carlisle's had a good two-game window where she was averaging 10 and uh, 7 rebounds. You're like, oh, what's going to happen now? But now Christina Johnson, I think, is going to fight for the spot. She's a senior. Uh, she, again, four more regular season games. I wouldn't be surprised if Christina Johnson's in the lineup today here against Kane. Really, yeah, because I think she really wanted to get her starting role back because she's been playing off the bench ever since. I'm not sure what the exact uh, issue was, but she did not play uh, in one of the NJAC games in the middle of the season. And she ever since that game, she's been she's been benched. And she's a typical starter where she's that kind of defensive-minded player, but now she's starting to get her scoring uh, collected uh, in the past few games. But why my thing is is... Do you want her starting when she can score efficiently with the bench unit? Like, do you understand my point? Like, why switch it up if, like, you don't you don't want to fix it if it's not broken, lock? Yeah, I I see. There was a time where I thought Arujo should be the starter. I think Arujo should be the sixth row at the bench. I think it should go back to Johnson being in the lineup because again, when you have that lineup with Arujo and Reagan Russo. Savannah Hole, Jess McLaughlin, you have the snipers out there. It's like open fire. That's pretty much what they do. When when they're on fire, when they did it, uh, Gwen and Mercy earlier in the year, they, they had a lot of threes. And they had 14 threes against William Patterson just two weeks ago. I mean, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, when this team can get into that, that momentum and the, they just, they're in that SB gym, it's like a completely different uh, shooting team. When they're on the road, it's like they can hit a couple threes, they hit seven the other night, but it was. At the point, say they shot 50% that one game against William Patterson. They took 23 threes, 14 or 23, I want to say they shot. And it was really everybody. Arujo, Kay Hurley was on the fly. Nicole Mallard, after having a couple bad shooting games, she hit the first shot of the game. It was like, oh, this is going to be a good game. And that's what this team needs. I mean, you don't need to have your best, uh, uh, your three point shooters out there to start the game because, yes, Arujo and uh, I believe Jess McLaughlin are the top two in three point percentage. And then you have, obviously, Holt follows that. Holt's good at con- getting uh, contact going to the lane as well. I mean, you don't need this. De- I, I always say the death lineup. You don't need the death lineup to start the game. You need the death lineup to finish. If that is Arujo at the end of the game, you do it. But if Christina Johnson is going to give you, she, has, she gives you more height. She's five foot ten. She plays really that four position when she's out there. Obviously now the three because you got uh, Santana and Carlisle. But otherwise, this team all around just needs to stick stick together. Don't get too uh, egotistical because there's been some games where it looks like they're just forcing shots. It's not, and that's that's why they're again they're not uh, more positive in their in their record. They're ten and eleven. They obviously, but if they didn't win the can, they would be uh, nine and twelve. So you you got to really look at it now with these last four games and pick your head up and just 
you got to win these last four. Yeah, you really do. And look, let's let's look at the schedule for the profs. They, they it's the same schedule as the men's team, um, but obviously the they're different uh, contenders uh, in the women's standings. So they go against Kane, they go against NJCU, then they have Rutgers, Newark, and Montclair State. Montclair State is right on their tail in the NJAC standings. Montclair State is seventh in the NJAC. Rowan is sixth, but looking at the women's standings. They're only two games back. Rowan's seven and seven in the conference. Montclair State five and nine. They're they're starting to rise up, but fortunately for the profs, Montclair State is on a two-game losing streak. But the next two games are pretty tough. You have Kane and NJCU both ten and four in the conference, and that NJCU game, uh, you have Rodriguez, who's the best, pretty much the best player in the conference right now, as she just puts up at least twenty points per game. Luck. So these these next two games are important. But they're extremely challenging. Then you have Rutgers, Newark, and Montclair State to finish out the season. But the props, they're really fighting for their lives for the sixth seed. Yeah, I mean, they are. And we talk about Montclair State just behind them. I mean, they have a tough schedule to close it out, too. I mean, they get Stockton, which is the number one seed in the, in the women's side. Then you get Ramapos at five. Then you get Kane. And then you get Rowan. So you're getting four top six teams right now, back to back to back to back. And yes, you're home for two of them, but... You're going on the road against really the two better. I mean, Stockton and Kane, on paper, are the two better of the four teams you're going to play here. So, it's again, if Montclair State could somehow split that, we're talking about, again, another game on Valentine's Day where not for the first seed, this for the 60. This yeah. is four-year season on the line now. Like, this is you either have to put up or shut up. And I think Rowan can do it. The, the, the real question is a lot of times we say, all right, they, they always get to 500, and then the next game they go under. They tie it, and then they go under. And and you can't allow that here because if, let's say, for example, they win against Cade, which would be an upset, obviously. Yeah. Then they go to NJC. They lose that one. Then you're, you're back, okay. What's good about those two games, though, is that they're they're at home. Obviously, they are. They're, the contenders are still there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's... A little bit relieving for them that they're at home and mm-hmm. they already got their losses out of the way on the road. Yeah, I mean it's the thing is again a lot of I, I'm off the top of my head I can't tell you, but I'll look right now what their road record is. But on the road they're a completely different basketball team. It's the it's, profs. Yeah, they're two and six. Oh on yeah, the they're road, two and seven six, and four yeah. at home. It's yeah. It, you, sometimes you look at it. You're th- I'm, I'm thinking of a game more recently with TC and J. It was pretty much TC and J open because they're running a three-two zone against a heavy three-point shooting team. And I don't know, again, sometimes you always say, we talk about the coaching. A lot of times, even with the professional leagues, we talk about, oh, how much does a coach dictate the game that's on the floor? A lot of times if the girl's not in the right spot on the defensive side of the ball, it's the coach can't do anything about it. She can't step on the court and defend the girl out there on the court, on the block. She can't do it. And that that's what CCNJ was doing. They were really, again, one of those top teams in the, on the women's side. They were letting it fly. And, and that's, again, the Rowan, they can go shot for shot with you. But when they get into that half-court offense, it's like, who are we going to? Are we going to Santana on the block? Are we going to Carlisle? Are we going to let a, a three-fly from Arujo? Is Hurley he going to drive? And then when Holt comes in, a lot of times Holt will go, drive to the basket. She'll look for a, for a shooter out there. But you have to think with, with these games, these teams know you. They've already played you once now. And last year, you win the NJAC title. You pull off an upset against NJCU. They haven't beat NJCU in the regular season in three years. Yeah. So you got to think about that in – even at, when you're at your home gym, Damaris Rodriguez has averaged, I want to say, easily 30 points against the Paras the last couple of games. She had a 30-point triple when me and Aaron Hook were in attendance last year yep. on February 8th. 
And she put up 25 in the NJAC title game, but it was not enough, obviously. But mm-hmm. it, it just seems like every time she she sees Rowan, she stars it, circles it. She's like, it's my time to shine. And she does a great job at it. She's, again, three-time uh, NJAC player of the year, most likely going to go four for four. But yep. it's, again... You just have to somehow split. If you can split between the Kane and NJCU, if, if you go in both, it's amazing. But if you can split one of those two, I would love to be NJCU, obviously. But I, I think I think Kane's probably the more likely team you beat. Yeah, I think you, you got to look at these games as a split because if you don't, uh, I, I mean, if you, even if you lose both, you're still in pretty good. You're a pretty good situation just because you're two games back or two games in front. Excuse me, yeah. on Montclair State which is very comfortable for them, and the two-game losing streak is really helping Rowan. But yeah. you still have to take every game seriously because since you're the sixth seed, every game matters. Pretty much two different stories for the men's and women's. But that's going to do it for the Rowan Sports Review. For Justin Locke, I'm your host, Jack Miller. Thank you guys for tuning in, and have a great rest of your Saturday. Tune in to both basketball games against Kane, 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. The women's at 1, the men's at 3. Tune into those later today. And again, have a great rest of your day.